0: What's up? It's your boy, Ruby Rube, from the Gathering Strength Podcast, here with my buddy and best friend, DJ Khaled. Hit him with another one. Today, I'm not even gonna mess around. I am serious. I'm gonna get right down to the nitty and gritty. I'm gonna be serving up the mashed potatoes with the side of biscuits and gravy. And the first thing that I want you to do is take out a writing utensil, take out a marker, a pen, your crayon, a piece of paper, and write this down because I want you to see with your eyes. All right, what you're going to write down first is the word learn. L-E-A-R-N. Now when you look at that word, What word do you see within that word? I'll give you a second. You want me to play some Jeopardy music for you? boo doo 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 All right, time's up. Within that word, learn, you will see the word earn. L-E-A-R-N. So, the more you learn, the more you earn. (laughs) Come on, I'm going to be serving it up like this for this whole entire podcast. Nuggets of wisdom that help you earn because today you're going to learn. And you know what? I want you to have a buff bank. I want you to have a buff body, a buff mind, and a buff spirit because all of those things are going to require us to be the strongest and buffest, so that we can do the heaviest of lifting financially, spiritually, physically, and mentally. We got some heavy lifts, and you know what? There's not always gonna be someone there to spot us, so we got to rely on our own strong back, our deep pockets, we got to be in tune with our spirits, and we got have to have clarity in our minds, so when we get punched in the face, Hey, we're going to take it on the chin like a champ and keep going. Onward. Today's meat and potatoes subject is the Matthew effect. Now, why is it important to learn of this effect, the Matthew effect? Where does it come from? Why and or how does it apply to you? And what can you do about it? How can you make the Matthew effect work for you? And when you see yourself spiraling in the wrong direction and the Matthew effect is working against you, your boy Ruby Rube is going to set you up with a strategy that is going to set up a backstop to stop you from going down that, that toilet drain, from to get you out of that gutter and... Start moving in a, in a direction to get this Matthew effect working for you. So, here we go. The Matthew effect. Now, the Matthew effect, it is, it comes from the Bible. It's a biblical scripture. But for those non-believers out there, because I know you're out there, but I'm still going to help you out and root for you. And if you don't want to call it the Matthew effect, there is a economist um, who has tried to steal this credit. Uh, And call it the Pareto Principle. The Matthew Effect as it pertains to the Bible. Here is the scripture. Matthew 25-29. For unto everyone that has shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And you know what? Of course, that's going to go over your head as it did my head when I first read it. Sometimes these biblical scriptures and passages, they can be pretty much, uh, even though they're written in English, it might as well be written in hieroglyphics or in a non-native language. Hey, but once again, you got your boy Ruby Rube on your side, and I'm going to break it down for you. Essentially, in today's terms, what that scripture says is, The rich get richer, and the poor get poorer. And I'm certain you have heard that before. Once again, the rich get richer, and the poor get poorer. Now, we ask ourselves, why do the rich get richer? And why do the poor get poorer? It is because of the Matthew effect. (laughs) Don't worry, baby bunny. I'm going to feed you some more. The reason why the rich get richer is because of this. Mira, listen, pay attention. Aquí, going to learn today, mijo. Come on. Now, the Matthew effect predominantly starts at an early onset age. For example, the book by one of the most brilliant speakers, thinkers, researchers, uh, the author, Malcolm Gladwell, he has a book called Outliers, The Story of Success. And success... He wants to, he wants to flip the narrative on the way we think about success. Success is not made from people just coming out of nowhere. Hey, they they just work the hardest, they're the smartest, they're the best, that is not how success works. There are hidden advantages that have helped these people, all the way from birth that lengthens the gap between the haves and the have-nots. And as time goes by, those small hidden advantages accumulate and accumulate and stack on top of each other until that seemingly small advantage has just compounded throughout time. And the person just rides those windfalls all the way up to the top of whatever industry or school or business that they're in. For example, Malcolm Gladwell writes in his book, Outliers, he he does some research on the Canadian Hockey League, and within the Canadian Hockey League, he noticed something staggering. He noticed something that was worthy of looking into based upon the Canadian Youth Soccer League. Within the top, the cream of the crop kids, the majority of their birthdays were January, February, and March. Now that significance started to tailor off as the year went on where there was only like 5% of the top players being born at the end of the year. And then he started to compare that with a league that was a little bit above the youth. And once again, those players, they had a high percentage of kids being born in January, February, and March. And then he checked another league. And same thing, the same percentage of kids in the elite group, predominantly had birthdays in January, February, and March. Now you say, hey, what's the significance about that? Well, I'm going to tell you, and you're going to learn today right now. So this is an excerpt from Malcolm Gladwell's book. Let's see, so I have already identified those kids that have... This is your boy, Rube, talking to you. Not the book yet, but I've already identified the benefiting, contributing factor of having a birthday in January, February, March as it pertains to that youth Canadian hockey league. So he writes in the book, the explanation for this is quite simple. It has nothing to do with astrology, nor is there anything magical about the first three months of the year. It's simply that in Canada, the eligibility cutoff for age class hockey is January 1st. A boy who turns 10 on January 2nd then could be playing alongside someone who doesn't turn ten until the end of the year. And at that age in pre-adolescence, a twelve month gap in age represents an enormous difference in physical maturity. Now think about children. you know that that age that he was talking about, you know a twelve year old, a twelve year old kid. Now he has had one full year of maturity under his belt he has had one full year of muscle development under his year uh, under his belt he has had one full year more of coaching more of playing he has had one full year of brain development of one full year of everything his body is is coordinated more he's a better listener he He grasps on to complex drills faster just because he has had one full year of advantage over his peers who are playing in the same league. So because they have that one full year of everything that I just mentioned, Malcolm Gladwell writes, and what happens when a player gets chosen for a rep squad. So I guess a rep squad is considered a higher level, you know, an all-star team. Malcolm Gladwell writes, he gets better coaching and his teammates are better. And he plays 50 or 75 games a season instead of 20 games a season like those left behind in the house league. And he pri- he practices twice as much or even three times more than he would have otherwise. Hey, this is your boy, Ruby Ruby speaking up. So, we have identified that because he is bigger, stronger, faster, more coordinated, just based on his birthday, and he's playing with kids who are younger than him due to the cutoff, he just happened to be lucky to have his birthday being born January 2nd, and he just happened to be uh, older. Now, because he's bigger, stronger, faster, more coordinated, He gets better coaching, his teammates are better, he plays more, he plays 50 to 70 games compared to the kids who are not as good as him, and let's see, he practices twice as much, or even three times as more, than he would have otherwise. Malcolm Gladwell writes, in the beginning, this advantage isn't so much that he is inherently better, but only that he is a little bit older. But by the age of 13 or 14, with the benefit of better coaching and all that extra practice under his belt, he really is better. And so he's the one more likely to make it to the Major Junior A League, and from there, into the big leagues. Malcolm Gladwell even identified in the Canadian Professional uh, Hockey League in the NHL, the majority of the players have their birthdays January, February, and March. Because in Canada, hockey is such a big sport, a large majority of the players in the NHL come from Canada, and because Canada sets the rules and an arbitrary cutoff date, all of the players rode this windfall all the way up to the pros. Fascinating. Fascinating. So, uh, Malcolm Gladwell continues to write, uh, He argues that these kind of skewed age distributions exist whenever three things happen. Selection, streaming, and differentiated experience. If you make a decision about who is good and who is not good at an early age... If you separate the talented from the untalented, and if you pro- and if you provide the talented with a superior experience, then you're going to end up having a huge advantage to that small group of people born closest to the cutoff. And you know what? We do this in in schools. This is the Matthew effect happening in the Canadian Hockey League, which gives the kids who are Born at the cutoff, and they're given a different, a different experience because they're considered quote unquote talented. They get all that more practice. They get better teammates, better coaching, better, more time playing. So that arbitrary time, the cutoff time, sets them apart. They enter in the, into the league a little bit better, uh, a little bit older than their peers. That one year, and then everything that I just mentioned. Creates that gap. And then they just keep riding that gap. They ride that wave all the way to the professional hockey league. Now, as I was going to mention, society even does that in school. You have a cutoff date for, you know, to enter into a certain grade. And some of these kids who are older than their peers by one year. They had that one year of development, of learning. They have that one year of maturity. They're able to listen better. I'm not saying all of them, but there is a large majority of them who get that advantage. And because, you know what, I'm going to let Malcolm Gladwell tell you because he says it better than me. So hold on. Let me go check this out really fast. All right. So Malcolm Gladwell writes, hockey and soccer are just games, of course, involving a select few. But these exact same biases also show up in areas of much more consequence, like education. Parents with a child born at the end of a calendar year often think about holding their child back before the start of kindergarten. It's hard for a 5-year-old to keep up with a child born many months earlier, but most parents one suspects, think that whatever disadvantage a younger child faces in kindergarten eventually goes away. And then he writes in italics. But it does not. Check this out. When I learned of this Matthew effect, I applied it to my life and I analyzed my my education and my birthday. <clears throat> I was born in September. I graduated when I was 17. I did not turn 18 until after the summer, or like during the summer, after I graduated. So I, I graduated when I was 17. I graduated young. And because I graduated young, um, or because I was in school, I started school young, I had this disadvantage to where my peers, they were older than me, they were bigger than me, they were essentially smarter than me. They had the advantage where they weren't smarter than me. They were just older than me. And now because, you know, I'm going to read some more from Malcolm Malcolm uh, Gladwell. He says, it's just like hockey. The small initial advantage that the, that the child born in the early part of the year has over the child born at the end of the year persists it locks children into patterns of achieve, of achievement and underachievement encouragement and discouragement that stretched on and on for years and you know what that rode with me for my entire school career i never did like school i you know probably because i i i didn't understand maybe some of the the concepts. I I didn't do good in tests. So I never got chosen for the the advantage groups. Um, And because, you know, maybe I'm failing in school now, I'm frustrated uh, because I don't understand and I don't have the coping mechanisms to deal with that stress. So next thing, guess what I'm going to go do? I'm going to go be a dickhead over here and be disruptive and then get in trouble and then get in the fights. And guess what? Now that Matthew effect is working for me in a negative way because as the scripture says um let me see let me go back to that scripture the scripture says but from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath so i was being i had my 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 advantages or disadvantages I was at a disadvantage, so I was being, my, my stuff was being taken away. Malcolm Gladwell talks about a study that was given to uh, kids all over the world, an international mathematics and science study, and these kids were given math and science tests every four years to children in, in many countries around the world. And they found that among the fourth graders, the oldest children scored somewhere between 4 and 12% higher than the younger kids. And then these educators say that this is a huge effect. It means that if you take two intellectually equivalent fourth graders with birthdays at the opposite ends of the cutoff date, the older student could score in the 18th percentile and the younger one could score in the 60 68th percentile that's the difference between qualifying for a gifted program and not and you you already know which um which program i wasn't qualified for i was not qualified for the gifted program it's just like sports we do ability grouping early on in childhood we have we have advanced reading groups in and advanced math groups so early on, if we look at young kids in kindergarten and first grade, the teachers are confusing maturity with ability. And what I did not have was maturity, because I started young. My ability was there, but it was not recognized because I was younger than everyone. And they put the older kids in the advanced stream where they learn better skills and the next year because they are in the higher groups they do it even better and the next year the same thing happens and they do even better again and then they go to a college and do the the same analysis and same research and study in the college. What did they find? Glad you asked! Malcolm Gladwell writes, at four-year colleges in the United States the highest stream of post-secondary education, students belonging to the relatively youngest group in their class are underrepresented by about 11%. That initial difference in maturity doesn't go away with time, it persists. What that means is that for thousands of students, that initial disadvantage is, is the difference between going to college and having a real shot at the middle class and or not having that. Malcolm Gladwell goes on to write, it tells us that our notion that it is the best and the brightest who effortlessly rise to the top is much too simplistic. Yes, the hockey players who make it to the professional level are more talented than you or me, but they also got a big head start, an opportunity that they neither deserved nor earned and the opportunity played a critical role in their success. Malcolm Gladwell continues to write, It is those who are successful, in other words, who are most likely to be given the kinds of special opportunities that lead to further their success. It is the rich who get the biggest tax breaks. It is the best students who get the best teaching and most attention. It is the biggest nine and ten-year-olds who get the most coaching and practice. Success is the result of what sociologi um, sociol sociologist sociologists. <laughs> that's a that's a, a tongue twister of a word, sociologist. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, well, anyways, those people like to call it a cumulative advantage. So once again, hey, this Matthew effect is a cumulative advantage. The professional hockey player starts out a little bit better than his peers. And then um, and that little difference leads to an opportunity that makes that difference a bit bigger and that edge and leads to. And that edge in turn leads to an opportunity which makes the initially small difference bigger still. And on and on until the hockey player is a genuine outlier. But he didn't start out an outlier. He just just started out just a little bit better. Malcolm Gladwell shows a, a chart of the Chech junior hockey team. That finished 5th at the World Championships. And it shows a a roster with the player's name, the date of birth, and their position. And guess what? All All of the birthdays? January, February, March, and April. So, if you were born in that Czech Republic, after April, your opportunity to play hockey at a higher level is... Impossible because of the system that is that is placed. It is that arbitrary cutoff date that gives the people born in January, February, March the strongest probability to be a little bit bigger, a little bit better. And therefore, they get all that all those accumulative advantages that I was speaking of. Malcolm Gladwell talks about a father who has a son in the National Hockey League and the father is quoted as saying that his son was always a little bit bigger than everyone in the league and therefore he was a little bit better and he scored the most goals. Uh, the The father says he was strong and he had a knack for scoring goals at an early age. He was always kind of a standout for his age, a captain of his team. And then Malcolm Gladwell, he's like, Malcolm Gladwell writes, bigger kid for his age? Of course he was. Scott Scott was born January 4th, within three days of the absolute perfect birthday for an elite hockey player. He was one of the lucky ones. So that professional hockey player had the perfect birthday, was bigger than the rest of his peers, got all of the special attention which gave him the accumulative advantage that year after year created the bigger gap that separated him from his peers, and over time, those accumulative advantages absolutely separated him. And there was just a huge gap. And that is the rich getting richer, the poor getting poorer. In every single facet of life, this Matthew affect the Pareto principle. It is ironclad. So check this out. A small percentage of people hold the entire wealth for the world. A small percentage of cities contain the world's population. A small percentage of lakes hold the most water. A small percentage of planets in our solar system have the most mass. A small percentage of stars in our galaxy have the most mass it just goes on and on and on and you know what a small percentage of the things that we do account for the large outcome of what we do 20% of what we do accounts for the 80% now one of the ways to to prevent being caught in a negative matthew effect according to the internet, is reading. You want to be able to get your kid to read at an early age. Because, well, I'm, I'm going hit, to hit you to some game right now. Um, so I have on my computer the Matthew effect. Why is the Matthew effect, effect so devastating? And it, and it says, as it relates to reading, the Matthew effect refers to the idea that good readers read more causing them to become even better readers. Conversely, poor readers shy away from reading, which has a negative impact on their growth in reading ability. This causes the gap between good readers and poor readers to wi- r- widen. So now while the good reader, when they get a, a proficiency uh, and, and a good knowledge of reading comprehension, When it comes time for them to learn and go over the material, they're not trying to learn how to read as they try to learn the subject. They are reading the subject and then learning it. While the poor reader is trying to learn how to read and understand the subject, which creates frustration. And then they, you know, kids give up. They don't have the tenacity. They don't have the perseverance that a grown, mature, adult has. So because it is, it's not fun for them. They don't see the the point in it. That that's something that I know from experience. When I would read something, I, I would be looking at the words, but I wouldn't comprehend what I was, what what the subject was. I was just looking at the words. Little did I know that. Those words placed in that sentence are supposed to mean something. Like, you're not just supposed to look at the words and read it. There's a message being sent there. And if you're a bad reader, you're going to struggle with that. And therefore, you're going to struggle with learning. And therefore, you're not going to get the best education. And therefore, you're not going to score high in test. And therefore... You're not going to get the skills necessary to get a good job. And therefore, you're going to struggle paying your rent. And therefore, you're going to be doing a bunch of status quo things. And therefore, you're the friends you hang out, because birds of a feather flock together, they're going to be just as dumb as you are. And therefore... You are stuck in a cycle that is going to be very hard to get out of. Meanwhile, the opposite end of it, you know, and that is called a spiral down, according to Malcolm Gladwell and his brilliant mind of, and talented team of researchers. Th- those accumulative advantages over time that persist for someone's entire life, Hey, that rule is ironclad, and it's biblical, and the economist, the Pareto principal guy, uh, he identified it as well. Oh yeah, here's some more, some more things to chew on. A small percentage of artists produce the most songs, or get paid for the most songs. A small percentage of actors make the most money. A small percentage of authors sell the most books. Now check this out. Harry Potter. I think that woman has sold like 500 million books. Now the Matthew effect has been working for her. Obviously, you don't just end up there. But there has been accumulative advantages over time that have worked for her and... Because Harry Potter is Harry Potter, that book is going to be placed everywhere. It's going to be in all of the airports. It's going to be uh, featured in the front of libraries. It's going to be featured in the front of bookstores. It's going to be, you know, there's going to be movies about it. There's just going to be more exposure for this one book. But guess how many other books are out there in this world? Millions and millions of books. But because of the Matthew effect... Um, let me see. Hold up. Because of the Matthew effect, for unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. So, Harry Potter, that, that brother is rolling deep in the dough with abundance. Now, let's talk about the inversion of that spiral down and having that Matthew effect negatively working for you, let's invert that and let's see how the Matthew effect positively works for you as it pertains to the simple fact that a young reader starts to learn how to read at a young age. As I mentioned before, that young reader um, learns how to read early and therefore finds pleasure in reading. And therefore, they read more and therefore they understand more and therefore they score higher on tests they get into the gifted programs they get more attention they get harder work because their comprehension is higher and therefore because they are being challenged more they are reading more complex material and they're understanding and they are getting higher test scores and therefore they are getting higher grades, therefore they are rising above and separating from their peers, and therefore they're going to the uh, the gifted classes, and they're getting more attention from better teachers, and therefore they go into college, and therefore they take the higher college exams, they get the better jobs, they have a better caliber of friends. They have uh, a deeper and richer social structure. Birds of a feather flock together on both ends of the spectrum. If you are an underachieving um, person with little to no drive, you're going to be h- hanging out with those people. If you're on the other end of the spectrum, if you are, you know, a a doctor or a a lawyer, your circle is going to be doctors and lawyers. And those people are going to be making money. Not that it's all about that, but hey, we want to land ourselves in a better position. So this is the Matthew effect and how it works, a fascinating Very fascinating uh, awakening uh, proposition that is working whether you see it or not. It is there. I would encourage you to go on to the internet and do your own research about the Matthew effect and see how that worked in your life. See how to recognize the signs and symptoms when you're on a negative spiral down and try to do something that you can start to accumulate these wins for yourself because you can pull yourself out of it. Hey, I did. I, I pulled myself out of, out of a, a negative spiral down. I had to go all the way down and then I had to figure it out. It's not impossible. You know just because you are started you start out with all of these advantages hey you can still you can still mess it all up by being dumb but we we want to set up these advantages for ourselves for our family members we want to have the dominoes and the cookie we want those crumbles to fall in our favor So that is all for today, boys and girls. I hope that you learned something. I hope that it was entertaining a little bit. And once again, go online and check it out for yourself. Don't trust what I say. go Go out and verify it for yourself. If you made it this far in the podcast, thank you for listening. And give me a like, give me a follow, give me a subscribe. Go ahead and share it with your buddy. And until next time, It's onward. Always onward.